0: We are days from the Miami Dolphins rookie minicamp. We are weeks or months away from Aaron Rodgers deciding his fate with the Green Bay Packers. And we are mere seconds away from Adam Beasley, star of the show of the Dolphins in depth show. And caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, figuring it all out on your behalf. You, the listener, star of the show, figure it out for the people.
1: Uh Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl, Miami Dolphins, sign me up, right?
0: Yes. Yes. That would be um Yes. But it's there not, are issues. It's not gonna happen, right? Um I I doubt it. I, <laughs> First of all, so you want to walk through the exercise? You want to do the exercise? Well,
1: the exercise is this. Aaron Rodgers once out of Green Bay. Uh, he's made it very clear. He tried to torpedo draft night uh, and, and force Green Bay's hand into trading him in the span of like three hours. Uh, they stood firm. They don't want to trade him. But there's always a possibility. He says, look, if 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 I'm a member of organization come training camp, come start of the regular season – I'm going to retire. You're not going to see me. I'm not going to play for you. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to file the paperwork with the NFLs so that you don't have to worry about me anymore, but I'm not ever going to play for you again. And if he says that, the Packers probably will change their mind because they want to get something instead of nothing for Aaron Rodgers. And there has been increased chatter, and a lot of this chatter is driven by talk radio and these talking head shows on ESPN, uh, that the Dolphins could be a potential destination for Aaron Rodgers. And to that, I say, no, come on. No, not come on. Aaron Rodgers, Miami Dolphins, that, that to me that it just does not add up. And your thoughts are what?
0: My thoughts are until the Miami Dolphins have a quarterback that we all know and understand and agree in consensus fashion that he is – A potential Super Bowl winning quarterback this will always be the case when a good and potential Super Bowl winning quarterback comes online and becomes a possibility because everyone will always look to the shinier thing Mm -hmm. and notice that the San Diego Chargers are not mentioned among the teams that might be a good fit for Aaron Rodgers. Notice that the Kansas City Chiefs are not mentioned among the teams. By the way, neither are the Los Angeles Chargers. Notice that the Kansas City Chiefs are not mentioned. The Buffalo Bills are not mentioned. The Jacksonville Jaguars are now not mentioned. The New York Jets are now not mentioned. And those two guys haven't even played a down in the NFL. So
1: who gets mentioned? The Miami Dolphins because we don't know about Tua Tagovailoa. Who else? Oh, who else gets mentioned? The Broncos. Oh, Uh, okay. Yeah. The 49ers.
0: Yeah, I don't know that they're mentioned anymore. I mean, didn't they just draft a guy? Well,
1: they were were mentioned until the Trey Lance. Yes, yes, correct. Exactly. Uh,
0: the, The point being that if you're one of those teams that gets mentioned and uh, the talking heads say, ex-general manager, call them. Why mm-hmm. uh, general manager, call them. It makes sense. If you're one of those teams, all fandom aside, all uh, love for your current guy aside, that guy is not it yet. And so that is the measure. I'm sorry. That's just the measure. Am I wrong?
1: No, you're absolutely not wrong, and I think if this had been a real possibility in January, I could see the Dolphins all in on Aaron Rodgers. I, kind of the, the, the horse is out of the barn a little bit, isn't it? I mean, they 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 need to clear cap space. Even still, they've got some cap issues. I mean, uh, cutting Bob McCain certainly will help them or has helped them, but um, – you know, they're, they're not flush with cap space and you'd have to take on Aaron Rodgers' contract. And, oh yeah, if you do that, you're also trading Tua and you're out, you're going to take a big cap hit for moving on from a second year, first round draft pick as well. So you're going to have to cut a lot of these guys that they've signed in the last couple of months to make their team better, to make Aaron Rodgers fit. So yeah, if they had structured their entire off season around, like I think they were trying to do with Deshaun Watson, like to me and, and stop me if I'm wrong to me, they were all in on Tua the second they made that trade with the Eagles and the 49ers. When they got out of three and they, they knew they weren't going to use the number three overall pick either for a quarterback in the draft, which wasn't going to happen, or to trade for a veteran quarterback, that told me that this is Tua's team in 2021. This is how it's been planned in 2021, and they'll reassess after the season. But a lot, there's a lot of moving parts that would have to happen at this point for the Dolphins to take on Aaron Rodgers
0: absolutely a lot of moving parts a lot of them painful moving parts including getting rid of talent to add what everyone believes would be a you know a generational opportunity it's not a generational talent anymore because he's not 25 years old but a generational opportunity for the next maybe 2 years
1: yeah and uh, i do and i do think that it w- he would not cost as much which is crazy to say because he's a multiple MVP and he won a Super Bowl, but it wouldn't cost as much in terms of assets to give up to get Aaron Rodgers as it would Deshaun Watson. Because Deshaun Watson's 25 years old. Correct. And here's
0: the question. Would do you think that this conversation that we've just had is had in all seriousness, in all candor behind locked doors at The Miami Dolphins training facility between Brian
1: Flores, Chris Greer, uh, and everybody else that has a say. Of course. If you have a chance to get a Hall of Fame player, you at least discuss it. Now, I don't know how far those discussions have gone, but it would stun me if the the name Aaron Rodgers did not come up at least once or twice in a a meeting of those head honchos you were talking about.
0: Correct, because – it would be personnel department malpractice not to think about it at the very least, not to discuss it at the very least. And I know that the idea that, well, the Dolphins will have discussed this, that, or the other thing with a a potential upgraded quarterback, it feels wrong to fans who are all in on, you know, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, but, I mean, that's just the way that, professional football is done you have to talk about painful hard things in case your painful hard option becomes an option you want to actually take
1: what how much this is a fun exercise and it's going to infuriate our listeners that are on the two of bandwagon but whatever it's our show we're going to do it what would you give up for aaron rogers
0: So they have that 2023 first-round draft pick that I can't even (laughs) smell. (laughs) That is so far in the future that I don't know what the heck is going on with it, and I have no idea when it's going to be. And so, yeah, you can have that way off in 2023. (laughs) 2023.
1: (laughs) <laughs> what about what about that pick and Tua? Would, en- would that be enough to get that deal done? Do you think?
0: I don't think that would be enough for the Green Bay Packers. You, we gotta make it very clear to people. So, the Green Bay Packers. If if you were the Green Bay Packers, I know that if I were the Green Bay Packers, I would tell Aaron Rodgers, "All right, retire. Bye. You do it. Let's see you do it." Because. It sets a terrible, terrible precedent for a team to merely collapse when a star player wants to be elsewhere. Otherwise, you'd have star players all around the NFL uh, doing this. And you'd have your next star player going, well, you know, you did it with Aaron Rodgers in 2021. I think I might try it in 2023 or 2022 or 2024. So it's almost impossible for the Green Bay Packers to really allow this to happen.
1: Well, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick got traded. He's not certainly Aaron Rodgers, but he forced his way out. Matt Stafford asked for a trade, and the Lions, which are in a much different stratosphere right now than the Packers are, the Packers are a Super Bowl contending team, and the Lions are a dumpster fire, but they let Matt Stafford go. So it's, it's, not, it's not unprecedented. Certainly, a reigning MVP forcing forcing his way out would be unprecedented. I, I think Adam Schefter had a tweet that only once in in the, in the history of the league has an MVP played for another team the following year, and it wasn't a quarterback, and it was like forever ago. So yeah, I mean it's it's you're on in uncharted waters if you would make that move with the Packers, who by the way kind of have themselves to blame here. Now I know that. And and there's been some revisionist history about that Jordan Love pick. When they made the pick, Armando, Rodgers was coming off a two subpar for him, not subpar for the world, but subpar for him seasons. And there was some question then that was he in decline? Now he followed that up and got a fire lit under his backside by them trading up to take Jordan Love and went out and had an all-time season this past year. But the Packers are probably thinking, how much longer does this guy have on his runway anyway? Let's try to plan for the future certainly a backfired for him, but here's another thing, Armando. What are they saying if they don't even consider an enormous offer for Aaron Rodgers? They're saying we have zero confidence in our draft pick from last year. because if you get four, you know, three first rounds and a second rounder, three first round picks in a second rounder for Aaron Rodgers at 839, and you have a quarterback in waiting, that's really not a bad option. And to be honest, it was probably their plan all along. Rodgers just messed it up and had a year for the ages last year.
0: So when the whole Deshaun um, Deshaun Watson stuff was uh, young and new and fresh and possible, I talked to a general manager in the NFL not working for the Miami Dolphins, and he told me point blank it will never happen because the new general manager, Nick Casario, the last thing he wants to do is to be the guy who traded Deshaun Watson because he will not find a new Deshaun Watson for several years. And the problem beyond that is he might never be able to find one because his team will lose so much that he might not be around. Mm -hmm. So what you have with Brian Gutenkunst is... Easy for you to say. Exactly. Um, What you have with the Green Bay general manager (laughs) is, is a situation where you are trading the second or third most decorated quarterback in the history of the franchise and your best player and possibly one of the top five players in the league, and you're not going to replace him. No one who comes in there replacing him, not Jordan Love. Not anybody is going to be better than Aaron Rodgers, and you had an NFC championship game team.
1: Oh, they so, should they should have won that game. I so, mean, they they were one bad coaching decision away from winning that game.
0: They lost to a team that they had swept, I believe, or they had beaten twice before, no? Or something like that? Didn't they beat Oh no, it was New Orleans that beat uh Tampa Bay twice. Right. But they uh, the the point being, they're at home. They have the you know the NFC's star MVP guy and or the NFL star MVP guy. Who do you replace him with? How do you walk around in little tiny Green Bay, go to the supermarket, and you know live when you're replacing him with Jordan Love? Mm-hmm. Well, so you, you better you... to say it's better to say. It's not my fault, it's that guy that didn't want to be here. It's not me that put him out.
1: I wonder if you're a Packers fan and there there from what I've heard there's been some souring in that market towards Aaron Rodgers because of this and it would continue if he comes goes public and says I'm never playing for the Packers again. I think that would almost give that brain trust an out because if your choices as a part if your choices as a Packers fan are you force Aaron Rodgers to retire and to sit out this year because he is adamant he's not going to play, or you get a treasure, treasure chest of, of draft picks, and maybe you have a quarterback and maybe you don't, but you're going to have a ton of picks in the next two years to go find a quarterback. It's kind of the life cycle of the NFL. I mean, the, the, the Patriots went through it this past year, and it, it certainly hurt them to see it hurt, hurt Patriots fans to see Tom Brady go win a Super Bowl, but. They they mean they figured it out. I don't think they're going to be a bad team this year, and maybe they have a quarterback in Mac Jones. Uh, you and I are on the record not being huge Mac Jones fans, but at least there is you, you see the logic of what they've done. Uh, to me, I think the most illogical thing the Packers could do is just to say, okay, fine, you go retire, and then, then, then them get nothing in return, because you could get a lot in return right now for Aaron Rodgers.
0: I'm glad you brought up the Patriots, because the Patriots are a prime example of what happens – uh, during life after a great quarterback, mm-hmm. okay? And Dolphin fans should know because what happened to them, to life after a great quarterback, you become, you know, the also-ran. And that's what the Patriots are. The Patriots will never win another Super Bowl under Bill Belichick. They will not Wow! Ever win another Super Bowl under Bill Belichick. Mark it down.
1: This is going to be the – Patriots will never win a Super Bowl under Bill Belichick edition of the Dolphins of that podcast.
0: Indeed, and and they won't. You know why? Because they don't have a Super Bowl quarterback. Because Cam Cam Newton. It's not 2015 anymore. Mm-hmm. We're six years down the road, and Mac Jones. <laughs> show me, prove it. Because mm-hmm. I I don't believe you. I I don't believe you. It's as simple as that.
1: We both could be wrong, but. I don't believe you. Odds are we're not wrong about Mac Jones because there are a lot of teams that had the chance to draft Mac Jones that needed quarterbacks that took someone else. Exactly. And that's how it's going to be in Green Bay. You
0: went from, in one fell swoop, a Super Bowl contender for the next couple of years to an also-ran with a lot of draft picks. Big whoop. What mm-hmm. the heck did that get you?
1: Well, that's the thing is that you, you don't know if you're ever going to be in this position again. It's, you know, it's the million-dollar question in sports. I mean, the Patriots before Tom Brady uh, made a killing on giving up on a player a year too early r- rather than a year too late. Like they for, – forever, they let these guys walk. And they replaced them with guys, just guys who went out and were stars. Cabo <coughs> <Kind of> Noy, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, I had something in my throat. Um, and 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 they never were, were were crushed for it until Tom Brady won won a Super Bowl. Uh, that's the question the the Packers face. Like, okay, so what happens if Aaron Rodgers shows up and he's going to be a malcontent? And he, he's going to be divisive in this, that locker room. He's already told free agents not to sign with your team, according to reports, because he doesn't want to be there and he won't be there. So you force that dynamic into your locker room. Your, quote, unquote, team leader is a cancer. Um, how many Super Bowls are you going to win in that, in, in that situation?
0: I think we have to measure personalities, no? Mm-hmm. Because NFL leadership, typically, they are alpha people. They are alpha males uh, until we get a, you know, a female general manager, a female head coach or whatever, or female players.
1: So Oh, there can be alpha females. I mean, there can be – No, no, driven. but none of them in the NFL right now. Right, right. but I, that's what I'm saying is that there's the, there are plenty of executives in, in pro sports that are women that have that personality, that driven personality. We just don't have them in the NFL right now.
0: Correct. I think that's what I said. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. No problem. English is not my first language. So thank you, Beasley. I appreciate the the help.
1: I'm here to serve.
0: (laughs) Uh, So. Their their uh, view of things is oftentimes akin to. Well, the media is giving us no shot and uh, the other team is better, but but. Okay, let's go show them. Or um, you know, you're better than me? Really? Okay, we'll see. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's never to be bullied. It's never to cower. It's rarely, if ever, to back down. And so my guess is that the Green Bay Packers, you know, from Mark Mosley on down – uh, not Mark Mosley. I'm sorry. Um, who's the Redskins' um, defensive back that is running the show in Green Bay? I forgot. It's Mark. Mark. Somebody. What's his name? <laughs> um, I'm looking it up. Are you? Yeah, I'll help you out. Mark Green.
1: Bay. Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy.
0: Yeah, I was giving I was, I was having... you a kicker.
1: I was having a senior moment as well. It's Mark Murphy.
0: Yeah, no, I was – Mark Murphy was the defensive back for the then Washington Redskins. He is now the guy that's running the Green Bay Packers. And obviously, from him on down, those guys are not beta males. So are they going to let Aaron Rodgers bully them? That's – Aaron Rodgers is not a beta male, by the way. He's an alpha. So, well, he's
1: he's also passive aggressive as hell. Yes, I mean, he is. he's not. He, he's he 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 makes power plays, but not in the way, not in the traditional alpha male style. I mean, he's kind of a little bit more duplicitous than than a true like. I'm going to hit you over the head with my manliness.
0: Well, let me ask you: Has he actually come out and said, "I will never play for the Green Bay Packers again"?
1: Uh, I will answer that question on the other side of the break. So uh, the question you just asked, which was a good one, which is, has he gone public with his demand to be out of Green Bay, his uh, proclamation that he'll never play for that franchise again? And the answer is no, because uh, he's not ready to totally burn those boats yet. I mean, he 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 has to know on some level that if his career is going to continue it's going to be for the Green Bay Packers, and it's going to be in Lambeau Field, and it's going to be in front of a bunch of fans that have nothing but Rogers jerseys, and they've, they've, their entire closet is Aaron Rodgers jerseys. Um, so, yeah, no, he has not. In fact, uh, after lighting the fire uh, draft day two days later, uh, he kind of went sidled up to Mike Tirico at the Kentucky Derby and said, well, it's kind of bad how this was blown out of proportion, which, which is complete BS, by the way. There was nothing blown out of proportion. You had your people light this fire. The Packers weren't lighting this fire three hours before the draft. It was you who did this strategically. So, yeah, I mean, I I do think that on some level he's hedging his bets. So that tells me that Aaron
0: Rodgers and Jake from State Farm will be in Green Bay <laughs> in
1: 2021. I'm glad you got that reference.
0: Uh, he will be in Green Bay in 2021 because – for for it to be I'm out of here and I'm definitively out of here it has to come from the player it mm-hmm. has to come out of his mouth and until that moment where it comes out of his mouth where he has indeed done a is it done uh, is it uh uh Ponce de Leon until he does burn his boats who was it wasn't it Ponce de Leon who burned was, his boats
1: It was Pat Riley I think <laughs>
0: Well, there was that too. But until he burns the boats and he knows that there is no going back, then we know that there is no going back. The the whole deal with the, you know, let my representatives do it surreptitiously. Yeah, that's not going to move the Green Bay Packers one, one inch, I don't think.
1: I want to get back to the proclamation that the Patriots will never win a Super Bowl under Bill Belichick again. Uh, and I think you're right because they've lost the missing piece in Jason McCourty. Oh, my God. Yeah. How about <laughs> that? For a, how about that for a crappy radio segue? No, that
0: was very interesting. So Jason McCourty signs with the Miami Dolphins last week and he signs a day after Bobby McCain was uh, released. A net plus or a net minus, you think? Have you
1: seen the contract? I have not yet. Have you seen the terms?
0: I, my, my imagination tells me that it will be a one-year deal, you know, minimum salary kind of situation. Yes.
1: Yeah, so he is a, a piece of their, you know, he's one small variable in their big, uh, big concoction at defensive backfield. Uh, the Dolphins, let, let's give some backstory here. The Dolphins have been looking to move on, uh, from at least one, if not both, of those safeties since the season ended, and uh, free agency for whatever reason didn't work out. And I, I credit Chris Greer for not cutting them before a replacement was, you know, was there. But I, I, I do think that the, the Javon Holland pick in the second round uh, was the beginning of the end for Bob McCain. And they had a couple of DBs DBs come visit over the course of the week and and talk to the Dolphins. And McCourty apparently was the one who won the job, and that was all they needed to to move on. But they want to go younger, Armando. They they they, they a lot of money is tied up in that position. And McCain is a very good coverage safety. He wasn't a good tackling safety in 2020. Uh, 2020. So, um, you know, they're going young. They're one of those either he or Brandon Jones are going to start. I. I would. It would be. It would stun me that if McCourty would come in on that, you know, veteran minimum one-year deal and be the starting safety alongside Eric Rowe, but there's nothing to say that even Eric is guaranteed that job. I think it's going to be a true open competition, and they have a bunch of safeties, and they're going to see whoever the best guy is is going to play at that position.
0: Right. Um, which leads me to some, you know, questions because number one, Jason McCourty was a cornerback in New England. Um and last year, the guy who's never going to win another Super Bowl, Bill Belichick played <laughs> him uh, uh, on the boundary, and then used him in the slot, and rarely used him in a safety spot. And Jason McCourty, at 33 years old, last year was bad. He was not good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He, he he was not good. And he lost his starting job, and to a okay guy, uh, J C Jackson, but not good. And so they're going younger with a thirty four year old guy who hasn't played a position where they think they might put him at.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, I think he's I think he's Plan C, right? I think they want one of those draft picks to win the job. Of course. And if, and if not, they'll, 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 they'll make around pegs fit in a square hole. But if neither one of us – what are they, a third-round pick? Brandon Jones was a third-round pick in 2020. Correct. And Javon Holland was a second-round – a high second-round pick, like a 36th pick yes. uh, in 2021. If neither of those guys can beat out an old Jason McCourty, something has gone wrong.
0: And, by the way, the Dolphins – I mean, there's no certainty that Jason McCourty is going to be on the team. Oh, not all. No, uh,
1: I don't think they've guarantee, fully guaranteed his contract, whatever it is. I can't imagine they would give him that much of a of a guarantee, particularly a guy who didn't have a job, you know, two and a half months in the free agency.
0: Right. Exactly. And and again, 34 years old. I am told two things though: he can still run, and he is great, great, not good, great in the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, and. If you look at the makeup of the Dolphins, I mean, they got rid of, and I wrote it last week, they got rid of, like, five captains, or they didn't get rid of, but they've lost five captains, including guys that they did get rid of uh, from last year's team. I think they had eight captains last year, and they've lost five of them. Yeah. So McCourty is great on the leadership uh,
1: scale. Yeah, and if he is your seventh defensive back, then you're, you've got a good football team. If he's your fourth or fifth defensive back, you got some questions.
0: You got you got some problems, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I that. wanted
1: to get your I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the, the Peter King item. The uh, uh, he was given access to to Brian Flores and and Chris Greer after the draft, and they kind of laid out their strategy. And they have been getting calls as early as early March about moving out of three. Um, but, you know, and, and, and Greer uh, he had, t- you know, had talked to San Francisco about moving down to 12, and it sounds like he even squeezed an extra third round pick out of him, two firsts and a, and a third. The third wasn't part of the original negotiation, according to this king item. Uh, but Brian Flores wasn't okay staying at 12, and he wanted to get back into the top 10, at the very least the top eight, maybe, and maybe, and they ultimately ended up at six because he saw players that could really help that the offense be available in that round in that range, but not at 12. So when you hear all that, what does it make you think? It makes me think
0: that the question that needed to be asked still hasn't been asked by anyone, including myself because I haven't had the opportunity and certainly not the opportunity that Peter King had. And that is this, do you really think Chris Greer and Brian Flores that, Jalen Waddell is better than Kyle Pitts. Do you really think that he is better than Jamar Chase? Yes or no? Because if you think that he's comparable or or better than, then I get it. Then you did great. But if you think that he's not as good and isn't going to be as good a player... Didn't you kind of just sell out for the hope and and possibility of a draft pick two years down the road that you might not even make?
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's I mean, Guadalupe's I mean, got, got a lot riding on him. I mean, he has to be a he has to be a baller, particularly if Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase go on to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's got to be really good for that scenario to make sense. Uh, I I would have been fine them staying at three. I would have been just as fine stay with them staying at 12. You and I, their valuation of of, of Jalen Waddle is much higher than ours. I mean, there's there's no other way that we can. And I think he's I think he's an excellent player and he's going to be really good in the role they're going to use him. But I wouldn't have given up a first round two first round picks for Jalen Waddle. That's what they did. So what they're telling us by their actions is when they made the move from 12 to six, they had to have known that this was a scenario and they were okay with it. So they, in their minds, Joe and Lottles were two first round draft picks.
0: They had to have known <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, they had to have known it was a possibility that oh, there were yeah that there, there there would not be four quarterbacks going to top five
0: fair, fair uh I, I look let let's be on the record right now because Chris Greer is on the record. he made the picks, right mm-hmm. he and Brian Flores. We know where they stand. They are ride-or-die Jalen Waddell. So let's be on the record. Adam Beasley, do you think Jalen Waddell will be as good or better than Jamar Chase? Than Jamar Chase?
1: Yeah. I, I think he has a real chance to be as good in a number of ways because the return game, if if you if he gives you touch two touchdowns a year in the return game plus is a dynamic slot receiver, his total value could be as much as Jamar Chase, yes.
0: So you you think that they
1: are equal? I think, that Jamar, I, think I think Jamar I think Jamar Chase is the better prospect. He won at five, but I, I could easily see Jalen Waddle being the more complete player because of what he brings you on special teams.
0: Okay, let me let me get in on that. Jamar Chase is better and will be better than Jalen Waddle. Okay, that's my stance. Even uh, if he never
1: even if he returns a punt in his in his career,
0: Jamar Chase will be better than Jalen Waddle. Okay. Okay. Do you think that Jalen Waddell will be better than Kyle Pitts? No.
1: I think okay. Kyle, I, I think Kyle Pitts is the might be the the white whale for this front office that they're gonna that that's the one that they're gonna regret. I don't think they'll re- regret Jamar Chase because receivers. Let's be honest, in, in the NFL, receivers are kind of a dime a dozen. Tight ends like that are not a dime a dozen. They are as you know, uh, who was it? Uh, Florida coach called him a unicorn, and that's, you need a unicorn to cover a unicorn. That's, I think that's 100% accurate. I think, I think that they will, if they have any regrets, it'll be, it'll be Pitts. It won't be Chase.
0: Okay. So we're agreed on Pitts. I think Pitts is a better player than Chase and will be a better player, has been a better player than Chase in in college, in the same conference. By the way, Chase has been a better player than Waddle, too. Oh, sure. Both of those guys were better than Waddle oh, in the some, SEC.
1: There's no so doubt how that how is it
0: that the Dolphins believe that now in the NFL, Waddle will flip the script
1: and be better than them? Because there are people in Alabama who think that Jalen Waddle would have won the Heisman in 2020 if he'd stayed healthy. That he is that good of a talent and that he does things that, with his just incredible speed and suddenness, not just straight-line speed, but ability to create separation and make a five-yard catch a 50-yard touchdown... Um, that uh, he could end up being the best. I mean, obviously the Dolphins saw very little of Jalen Waddle and a whole lot of Devonte Smith over the last three years, and they believe that Waddle is a better pro. I, I think I think his upside is enormous. Now we've talked about his size before. If he was six two and ran like he did and moved like he did, he would have been. He might have gone before Pitts, probably not because of the position they play. But I bet he would have gone before Chase. He is just that explosive, that dynamic. And that's what Tua needs. I mean, he, he can't throw to guys that are half covered. They need to be pretty wide open for him to feel comfortable throwing the football, unless he's made a huge str- huge strides in the last year. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Dolphins came to Tua and said, who would you rather have, Waddle or Smith? And he said, Waddle.
0: The Miami Dolphins are expecting and asking Jalen Waddle to be better than all of the receivers that has come out of Alabama when he was not better than any of the receivers that came out of Alabama when they were all on the same team. That's number one. Number two, they're expecting him to be better than Devonta Smith when he did not produce more than Devonte Smith when they were both on the same team. Number three, they're going to ask him to be a better player than jamar chase when he was not a better player than jamar chase playing in the same conference number four they're going to expect him to be better than kyle pitts when and and granted they're playing in different positions but if you look at their production he was not as productive or more productive than kyle pitts playing in the same conference so in other words, the Dolphins are asking Jalen Waddle to flip the script on a bunch of stuff that he did not do in college, and I think that is a that's ugh, ah that hurts. That's hard to to fathom him doing that.
1: Well, and part and part of this is we're again there are plenty of players that have okay college careers that become great pros just because the opportunity wasn't there because of injuries, because of a system, for whatever reason, um, they, you know, they really blossom in the NFL and a lot of people didn't see coming. And that's what obviously that's what the dolphins are betting on with Waddle. There's no question that they expect more out of him in the NFL than they got in college, whether that's a fool's bet or not, we don't know, but that's the bet they're making. Um, and again, I'm going to push back a little bit on you. Um, if if Jalen if if Kyle Pitts is you know a Hall of Famer, if he's you know one of the top six or seven tight ends to ever play the game, but Jalen Waddle still is a three or four time All Pro, and he and he catches oh I don't know in the course of his career 100 touchdowns for the Miami Dolphins, and they have a first round pick in 2023 to, to go to go in addition to that. I think I'm okay with that arrangement, even even if Kyle Pitts is what everyone thinks he'll be, if Waddle is what the Dolphins think think he'll be and they get that first-round pick, uh, I, I think they would take that trade again.
0: I agree. Uh, I'm totally in agreement. I just don't see how that's going to be able to play out because I, it hasn't played out up to now. So, and obviously that we're talking about college.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll
0: see if it plays out in the NFL where things typically get harder.
1: Oh, yeah, no, school. this – I think the, the the two decisions that they've made at the top of the draft the last two years and the first decision was two over Justin Herbert and the second decision was to to, to pass on 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 Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase for for future draft picks and uh, Jalen Waddle I think those will be the the biggest decisions that this brain trust is is judged by and all these other free agent signings that we've you know kind of given them some grief about that's going to be the cost of doing business but if 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 they get those two decisions right they're going to be in charge for a long time. If they get those two decisions wrong, somebody else is making that pick in 2023. If they get the first
0: of those two decisions wrong, someone else. Probably may, right.
1: Probably you know, right. Uh, and hey, and, unless they draft Aaron Rodgers, or unless they trade for Aaron Rodgers.
0: Like they're likely to do, as we discussed <laughs> earlier in the show, because the Green Bay Packers are going to fold like a cheap deck of cards and just make them available exclusively to the Miami Dolphins. For a 2029 third-round pick. That's the way it's gonna flow. I
1: it's think you mixed your metaphors there. Fold like a cheap set of cards. I think it's fold like a cheap suit, uh, and and you play the hand you're dealt.
0: Mira, déjame decirte, el inglés es mi idioma secundario. ¿Me entiendes? Así que. No. Yo comprendo.
1: Yo comprendo. Yo comprendo. Okay. Uh uh una mas por favor. All right. One, one so, more thing one more thing before by we go. Oh you can fold. You can fold a a cheap a, set a of hand.
0: <laughs> you fold your hand. Do you not That's,
1: that's true, but uh, you of don't cards? fold a cheap set a cheap set of cards. You, ah. you, uh, yeah, okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you.
0: <laughs> por favor. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's wrap this up. But. Fa- Thought for the week. What, what's
1: your thought for the week? I'm excited to hear what these rookies have to say this weekend. We're getting them, I think, Friday and Saturday. Yep. And although we're not able to watch them practice, even if they did practice much, which I don't think they will, uh, it'll be good just to have a little bit more time and not a real crushed uh, time frame that the draft is. I mean, we talked to Jaron Waddle for five minutes on Zoom, uh, and I got him for five more. Uh, in person you can't get a feel for a guy that quickly and you're not gonna be able to get a feel from when he's made available to us on friday but we'll start to be able to put the pieces together on some of the guys maybe there's a common thread you know character wise personality wise and these guys that that makes sense but uh it'll be good to hear more from their new players this weekend
0: here's my thought for the week bill belichick will never <laughs> ever win another super bowl I, you know i gotta tell you So the University of Miami, they they hosted Bill Belichick at their Pro Day, just like they hosted Brian Flores and a bunch of other NFL scouts and personnel department people and GMs and coaches. And their social media platform put out a tweet saying, the goat with the little goat emoji Mm -hmm. is in the house. Mm -hmm. And they had Belichick talking to Manny Diaz. Um, with all due respect, social media of the University of Miami football team, the GOAT, as I put and answered them immediately, was Don Shula. That's the GOAT. That will remain the GOAT until someone wins more games and goes undefeated in a season. All I got to say about that.
1: Well, and also, uh, I I would really be surprised if, if – BC's Pro Day. If they would the roles were reversed, they would call Shula the goat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that in Boston College, they would they would defer to Bill Belichick. So probably a bit of a mistake by the, the people who run their social media account.
0: We appreciate you joining us this week on the Dolphins in Depth Show. Join us every week where star of the show Adam Beasley will compile trades that will never be made, featuring players that are either going to retire or go you know host jeopardy or you know just go off into the sunset it's 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 amazing we're and we're going to spend 20 minutes on it it's beautiful um beasley it's always a pleasure speaking to you in spanish (laughs) muy bien mi amigo (laughs) ciao folks